Hello and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, um, a film directed by Kenneth Branagh that just came out this year and starring Chris Pine. Um, the plot... A young analyst who has been recruited by the CIA uncovers a Russian economic conspiracy and fights against the clock to prevent a terrorist attack and the downfall of the American economy. Mm -hmm. Action. Jack Ryan. Origin story. Yes. Awesome source. So Jack Ryan has previously been played by Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford twice, and Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. And now it's Chris Pine's turn. And now it's Chris Pine's turn, which is a casting decision that makes me very happy. Yeah, you've watched a lot of very bad Chris Pine movies just because you like Chris Pine, yes? To be fair, there's a lot of very bad Chris Pine movies. Like, Chris Pine, for some reason, is an actor who I think is really good and also really, really, really gorgeous, who is in a lot of really bad movies. Mm. Um, A couple of bad, you know, romantic comedies, one with Lindsay Lohan, um, a movie called Surrender Dorothy, which was possibly the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. But, yeah, I've watched a lot of movies for Chris Pine that have turned out to be really bad. You're a good fangirl. <laughs> I'm a good fangirl. And so in the midst of Oscar season, we um, went along to see this because it's a total palate cleanser after mm -hmm. 12 Years a Slave and I saw Wolf of Wall Street and we've seen a bunch of other very worthy and, you know, good movies. But uh, sometimes you just want to go along and watch shit get blown up. Yeah. Not that there's a lot of blowing up in this one. Um, there's one really good explosion in this, yep. which I think is better than a whole lot of little crappy ones. Mm -hmm. The explosion that they do have was so good. Mm -hmm. It was really well done. So I think that was, yeah, that made me happy. Um, yeah. Okay, so the, the plot is a little bit complicated, but to the movie's credit, I think you don't get confused nope. in spite of the fact that it's dealing with, you know, accounts and numbers and lots of things that we might not understand so well. Um, the movie sort of lays it out pretty easily. Right. So, um, yeah, because as well as being really, really, really ridiculously good looking, Jack Ryan is also an economics PhD and a Marine with who's highly trained and works his way up the ranks, of course. Perfect. Yeah. And he, um, well, he was, he breaks his back um, in the war after in the war on terrorism yeah, basically so, in Afghanistan. Right. So the origin story is that he's at the London School of Economics, 9/11 happens and he signs up doing his PhD and 9/11 happens he signs up joins the Marines and goes to Afghanistan where yeah. he then gets injured. Yeah. Um and then just after that there's one of my favorite shots in the whole movie which is he's all like beaten and bloodied and one eye is swollen shut and his other just that one blue eye shining through is such a good shot though like it's so well done and this is basically all the pain and stuff is coming through that. Um mm. that was like I just thought that was a really well done sort of I I don't share your shot. Yeah, yeah yeah no I get it. I don't share your I like looking at beaten up Chris Pine. Thing. I don't like looking at that much beaten up Chris Pine. I just thought it was really effective. Right. That particular way of doing it was really effective. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just thought, and, and like visually, I think Kenneth Branagh did a good job. But anyway. Um, right. No, 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 we're actually talking about the movie. It's cool to say stuff like <laughs> Kenneth Branagh did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then he, it's a few years later, um, he has recovered. And while he was recovering, he fell in love with his doctor, um, Kathy Mueller, who's played by Kira Knightley. And then he gets recruited by Kevin Costner into the CIA. And then a few years later, he um, is working somewhere. He is working at a, a financial services firm as an analyst. So he uses his big brain to kind of see how the stock market works, I think. I think that's mm. what he's doing. Yeah, but he's working on Wall Street, uh, making a private company lots of money. But technically, he also works for the CIA, infiltrating these private banks in order to 
uh, see where um, illegal transactions might be taking place and help the CIA track that down. He's got a desk job. He thinks he has a desk job and that's cool with him until... Until he gets sent off to Moscow to investigate these fake accounts that he's found and uh, then a guy tries to kill him and he is sort of thrust into this more action-packed kind of um, active CIA role. And then also his wife, uh, not wife, his his fiance decides to come and visit him in Moscow. So she gets tangled up in it as well. Um, mm. And it's all, the, the main bad guy is the head of the Russian corporation and his name is Victor Shurevan and he's played by Kenneth Branagh. Yep doing Russian. Right. And so then Jack finds out that there's a conspiracy, which is that they are going to um, cause a terrorist attack on uh, in America. And then once that's happened, they're going to um, force the American dollar into too much inflation, which will collapse the economy. Right. Yeah. And then it'll be the second Great Depression. So they're trying to stop really two for, things. For like English majors, we we just explained the finance that really well. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, mean, I think that was good. Made sense to us. Well, that's the thing is that, yeah, like I said, it could be really confusing, but they do a really good job of sort of right. explaining it and showing it. So what did you think of the movie, Melissa? Um, I thought it was good, solid fun. Mm. Very reminiscent of Goldeneye, which is one of my favourite action movies ever, but not – it's sort of – very, I, I got a very by the numbers idea feeling yeah. for it. It was, it's good. It's fun. It was a definite palate cleanser after all the worthy Academy movies. But I'm probably not going to remember it among all the other action movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I think this falls down in a couple of places. Firstly, the script is not very good. Yep. I mean, it is good in the sense that it's clear and um, you understand everything. But I think the things that come through more, the way it's directed kind of makes things clear and is it's very good, very sharp, very clean. Mm. I liked it. looked great. Um, and, and, and the actors all do a pretty good job too. See, okay, I don't I don't like the vanity casting of Kenneth Branagh as I, sure Yeah, I have massive issues with that because partly because he's like pl- playing not his own race. He, you never – you hear him speak Russian, but you almost – you never see his face when he is speaking Russian so that you can't tell how badly <laughs> he did speak Russian. Yeah, I didn't like that either, I have to say. Uh, but but then that's in so many ways like all these other movies where some famous British actor mugs as Russian. Um, Goldeneye has one itself, Robbie Coltrane playing Russian when he's not, but he does a really good job and is quite engaging in a way that I don't think Kenneth Branagh was in this. Okay. Mm. Um. Yeah, Um. Yeah, he, he was just like a combination of kind of hammy and also not acting enough mm-hmm. in a way. And also like he's never really threatening. Like even when he's doing things that are really scary, he's not scary somehow. Mm. Um, there's a really, really tense sequence um, in with a car chase. Um, and for that whole thing, I was sitting there like – with another actor, this would be so effective, mm. but it wasn't so effective because Kenneth Branagh just isn't. I, I don't think he brought the kind of malice. Right, he wasn't very menacing in that yeah. scene. No, and he's so the character is so violent as well. Mm. But there's just yeah, I I thought that was pretty bad vanity casting. Right. I thought Kevin Costner kind of was sleepwalking through this a bit. I'm he not was sure he not was there. Well, I, yeah, so I was fine with him. I was more talking about Chris Pine and. Uh, yeah, that Kira Knightley who do it, who were obviously very enthusiastic and happy to be there. Yeah, which is nice. Chris Pine and Kira Knightley on uh, I thought were fabulous. Um, mm. 
I think Chris Pine has a really good niche market in taking all of these blonde all American action heroes and making them really deep and interesting and engaging. Yep. Um, he is, and and Jack Ryan is so different from Captain Kirk as well. Like I like to see, even though they're sort of the same stereotype, so different because he's this, yeah, cause yeah. Kirk is so arrogant and like convinced of his own abilities, and that's what's kind of nice about Jack Ryan. It, and then in this film is that also like, yeah, he has had that injury and he's got that sort of, there's, there's always that hesitation in the back of his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was, I thought that was, and that was so well portrayed throughout the movie. Yep. Um, and then Kira Knightley was great. I mean, she was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, she did a great job. I really liked her and him and that's probably why I sat through it and enjoyed it. Well, see, I thought it, it kept up the pace really well as well, yep. as well. Like I was never bored. Nope. Um, and I didn't even sort of realize we were coming towards the end of the movie for a long time, you know, like just because it had gone so well. Oh, okay. And see, so- I I don't know why, but in my head I have this thing where I can sort of see the act breaks. And yeah. so I was – there was a bit where um, there's quite a tense scene and I'm like, oh, she's 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 bait. She's going to get kidnapped because, you know, that's what happened. She's going to damsel. She's going to damsel. And it doesn't quite happen until a bit later. And I, mm. I was like, oh, right, now we're in the third act. Uh, yeah, I saw that sort of like the the plane trip. The convenient plane trip where they suddenly found out everything, and I <laughs> yeah. didn't like that very much. But that that was when I knew that we were coming toward we're coming up on the end. You know, right. like I was like, oh, the next part's going to be towards the end. But up until that, I think that kind of might be the weakest part of the movie towards the end there, yep. even with the explosion, because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of exciting stuff that happens then. Whereas the first, I think the first two thirds of it are kind of sleeker mm-hmm. and better put together, I guess. Yeah, it's it's very good on um, the origin stuff and the mm. world building around Jack and his background. Because we brought up Captain Kirk, am I the only one who like felt like this had a lot in common with Star Trek in a sort of way that I think a lot of movies now are taking Star Trek as like a guidebook to how to do a good action movie? Uh-huh. There's the way that it opens, um, you know, with the really sort of fast-paced, um, lots of flashbacks, that sort of thing. mm but there were other little beats like the motorcycle thing. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, there's the academy thing and, and so it's the training sort of stuff but that um, more with the PT side of it. Right. Yep. So showing, you know, him going through that sort of thing. This is the origin story of him. I don't know. There were just these. And then the way that the action went, I feel like maybe there are action movies now that are using that as a template for what they're doing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's, I mean, to me, I all I was seeing was Goldeneye and the Bond movies and the way they've done mm. the Bond movies now and all that kind of stuff. But it was a movie made by people who've seen a lot of action movies and have possibly written down all the things you need to tick to make. Like they've seen all these action movies and they have a very distinct idea about what worked in those films and they've kind of gone, oh, yeah, that, well, that's a good idea. Let's add that to the suitcase of tricks we use in this. Mm. Yeah. There was something else that really reminded me of Star Trek as well. And I, I might have just been seeing the parallels because of Chris Pine. I mean, that's fairly, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, there were these sorts of beats. It was kind of like the beats that they hit. Yeah. And the timing of things felt kind of similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, I only thought of Star Trek when the, the motorbike bit Yeah, happened. the motorbike thing really reminded me of Star Trek. But And I haven't seen GoldenEye in a long time. Right. Um, there is a certain sense of that born kind of frantic fight scene thing, mm. especially towards the end of it, I think. The, 
the fights and the chases in the beginning were a lot better than the final one is. Yeah, and there's a an appropriate use of shaky cam at the beginning in the um, helicopter crash. Yeah, well, that's the perfect time to use it because right. it's so disorienting mm-hmm. for the people in the helicopter crash. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that is really good. But, yeah, that's kind of my why I probably enjoyed it more than it's worth enjoying and also why I ha- um, didn't enjoy it as much as you might have enjoyed it is just that derivative sense, I guess. Yeah. I feel like if it had had a better script, this could have been a really, really great action movie. Yep. And it's kind of unfortunate that it wasn't since it had a lot of the elements of a really great action movie, you know, and I right. did have fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Like I never got bored. I never got to the point where I was like, you know, oh, this movie is going on forever. I no. didn't. Um, I was actually genuinely interested, but more in, I suppose, Jack's character journey. Yep. Like you really feel the tension that maybe Kathy's going to dump him rather yeah, yeah, than that do. he might get killed, you know? Like you don't think he's going to get killed, but there is that genuine tension that Kathy might dump him or that um, he might, you know, or that somebody else might get hurt. Or yeah, I liked that central relationship actually because a lot of movies now it's all about getting the girl and this mm. was about – a long established it's not exactly clear how long they've been together probably like six years or something i think from Mm. from what i can work out but it's this long established relationship which is really kind of it's very different because normally writers get really bored and they like the drama of a new relationship and sexual tension and all that kind of stuff and i thought it was really good in the way of an established couple trying to negotiate a big change in their lives Mm. i think that was to me that's more interesting it was really interesting, and it's not something that's been done too many times before. So in that right. aspect, I think it was more original. It's that's the least cliched aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is, and that's maybe why it's the most interesting aspect of the right. movie. Like when she uh, uh, finds out something about him, the reaction that she has is so unexpected. Like mm. they keep doing that where they build up your expectations in one direction and they suddenly shift it in another. Yeah, and they've done that. A f- they do that a few times. Like there's this thing where they um. It seems for a while like they're fighting, but it turns out that it's only part of the plot that the um they're doing it in front of the driver in order yeah. to lay, lay a red herring and yeah right and um, you sort of it, it gets more and more intense and you, that's when you realize that they're faking it like not mm. straight away because there's this little subtle sort of angriness with each other mm. yeah and and so yes yes and I really liked all of that I don't really know what else to say to add to that I'm just thinking about it's the kind of um, trust that they built up between themselves having been together so long that when she does find out something about him that she wasn't expecting, that instead of, you know, her having a huff and we have to have a big fight about it, she basically just it changes course and goes mm. along with it and moves into a different mode and becomes part of the story, which is great. Yeah, and they give her a lot more agency than girls in these situations usually get as well. Right. Even just down to the little things like he proposed to her a while ago, but she keeps, um, like, she doesn't want to get married yet, so they're still um, engaged, that sort of thing. Still where it's negotiating as well. Yeah. Where it's kind of um, they give her more, not just agency in terms of her actions, but she's a real character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a real person and she feels like a real person who has, you know, flaws and who has her own ideas about things. Yeah. She's not just a puppet of the script. Right. And there was a point at which I was like, I thought she, we were going to not have a damsel scene and I was I was really hoping for it because I'm like, she's she's so much better than a damsel scene. She got one. She had to have one. But it was, um, yeah, I, I just I sort of. It feels so much more earned than the damsel scenes in most other action right, movies. Right. She's actually done something wrong. 
Yeah. It, it's not just that she's done something wrong, but she's done enough that we really genuinely care about her and not just about um, Jack losing her. Right. If that yes. Make, yeah. yes, yes, that makes sense. So we really want her to be okay for her, not just for Jack. Right. And so that was that was a redeeming feature Yeah, as far as I was concerned. The other thing I w- um, was thinking about where this movie is quite cliched is that it retreads over some fairly – fairly well-trodden ground of 9-11, Afghanistan, the after effects of that, the global financial crisis, all these like beats of the last American decade. But not just that. Going back before that, it treads over like Cold War ideas, which yeah, is really Then strange. we get into the Russians. Be- well, yeah, but that's kind of come around again. Like w- there was a while there where the Russians were like allies and good guys and now they're back to being bad guys again. Yeah, it's funny though. It doesn't mm. really <laughs> – it doesn't feel like a movie that that's been made this year. No. In a lot of ways, you know, it feels like apart from the the global financial crisis stuff, I'm sure they adapted it from a book that was a lot older and so it kind it's, of feels a lot older. It's actually not. It's not. It's an oh. original story. It's uh, apparently the last thing Tom Clancy did before he died was do the like plot this out. Um it's not based on any of the books. Oh, but he did, but it was based on something that Tom Clancy had. Yeah, it's yeah. something Tom Clancy done and he he had he had ideas about um jack having been injured in afghanistan or somewhere you know had a war injury from the marines and Mm. getting over that and all that sort of thing i don't know if it would have been realistic for the movie but i thought maybe if it was like a chinese plot or something like that it might have worked better somehow like the fact that it's russian specifically just feels like such a throwback to the past rather than moving forward well yeah i mean russian plots are a bit yeah, and they're, they're in themselves a kind of a cliche, and mm. also there's well, I guess that there is a lot of uh, concern. Like America, even though there was a, that period where Russia was de- de- democratic, Americans still kind of have this fear in the back of their minds about Russia that I don't quite understand, having not grown up in that Cold War culture kind of thing. And well, there is the very nasty um, anti-gay laws at the moment. Right. No, that's what I mean. Like Russia's coming, being bad again now, yeah. right? And so they used to be kind of okay. So when Goldeneye was made in the mid-'90s, Russia was kind of like almost democratic at that point. Mm. And so having a plot around Russia was like people had to go rogue and it was kind of interesting, a little bit different because Russia at that time were good. But Russia's gone bad again. Well, bad. I mean, good, bad is, is a difficult way to say, but there's now that same sort of, Cold War fear that probably lived in the back of people's minds that had mostly been forgotten has all come back out again as like modern Russia uh, starts to feel its way around and well as we try also- and which they try and work out how to live in the modern world and adapt to this day and age and as there's becoming less fear of terrorist attacks from um, Muslims and well, that that's sort of the thing. thing. It's, you that, can't because do that's a... decreasing. They're like, yeah. we have to have somebody else to be scared of now. Well, there's also um, there's also the thing that Russians are, are white. Yeah. And so when you do Middle Eastern terrorists, you, go, you start down a really racist trope. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, they're clearly trying to avoid that, but yeah. The things that they imply about Russians is still really awful. No, right, it is. They're um, they're awful. It and ma- makes the, it seem like it's a dangerous place to go. Yeah, the problem is that they don't really balance it at all no. with anybody else. If and, uh, and and you know the um 
There was something else. Um, the the a lot of the minor roles in this movie, like it seemed like they they cast everybody in major speaking roles with white guys, mm. and then they were like, "Oh crap, we've only got white guys." So every other role in the movie is played by a w- minority woman. Like there's the Asian analyst girl, and then there's like the um the Asian girl in the car, and there's a black cop, female cop, and there's all these other people who are like, you know, instead of just making Jack Ryan's friend at the CIA. Or no, friend at his job, right? Like yeah. another, you know, a minority, a minority or something like that. They right. just sort of went, "Oh no, they're all white guys. Let's just put all the minorities in the really, really minor speaking roles." Yeah, or um, the the uh, bad guy bodyguard, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, I can sort of. I mean, that one kind of makes sense, really. Mm-hmm. Which is that probably going to sound really racist, but in terms of you know the kind of job he was doing that. Tends to be security, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's the, it's the way casting. That's actually realistic casting, yeah. Mm. And it was also non so nosy, and he's so great. Yeah, he just I really liked that character. I was really disappointed when he was evil. Yeah, I was genuinely like, oh, he's so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> he's so funny. I like that, him. Um, that scene where the first time Jack has to kill somebody, that was quite confronting because he doesn't yeah. just shoot the person; he drowns them. Yeah, and then but then it's confronting for him as well. Like, right, you really see him go through all of the results of actually killing somebody, which almost never happens in action. Right, movies. because you've seen that he's been off to war. Right, he's almost undoubtedly shot at people and killed them, blew blown them up possibly from a distance. But when he actually has to face to face drown somebody because he doesn't have a weapon or of any kind, that's it's very confronting and very. I I liked that moment because it. It, you see so much, there's so much killing and death and collateral damage in these kind of movies that it's really nice to recognize that that is a big deal. Mm. Mm. And he's upset about it too, even though the guy was trying to kill him. Right. Um, he's genuinely upset that he did it. And yeah. it was a really interesting way of doing it as well because the other guy was so much bigger than him. Mm-hmm. So the threat was really genuine. Mm. So it was really interesting to see how they did that. And he was so upset. Like, they really hold on him afterwards to show the effects, mm. even when he's by himself. Although that did lead to a scene that I don't like so much when he's talking to Kevin Costner. Mm. Because, again, that was one of the scenes where I felt like Kevin Costner was just, like, phoning it in. Right. Because he shows – he says all these really nice lines about how he how much he likes Jack. Right. you don't really see that in the performance at all. No, he's. I mean, he he wants to not lose his asset. No, but he has co- specific comments about that's why I like you. I've never worried about you. Mm. You know, like it would. It seems like they're building it up for this kind of father son relationship. Yeah, but it didn't. But happen. it didn't. I I feel like it didn't happen not because of the writing or anything. But it's just because Kevin Costner was not invested in it at mm-hmm. all. Like he was just kind of there. Mm. So that was why, because I the, the lines were there, right. Or maybe Kenneth Branagh didn't feel like directing that because it felt like they were trying to do that and it didn't happen. Mm. I think part of the reason that I picked up on that was because I kept thinking maybe Kevin Costner was evil. Like, yeah, to I give was him can... something to do and to have a reason for these lines with right. no emotion. No, I I totally understand that impulse. Yeah, I thought maybe he was a mole or something. He was just Captain Exposition. Yeah, and he that was that was the most important function that he ever did. I, yeah, and I feel like they were trying to give him something else there. Mm-hmm. You know, like he specifically because he went and watched Jack a few times. He specifically he recruited the guy. Yeah, and he's um, yeah, and there was also 
there's also that implication when he was recruiting him, Jack is concerned about some of the stuff the CIA does, like the rendition and torture mm. and things like that. And so he's like, no, not in my team. We don't do that. We don't mm. operate that way. So there's that idea of, you know, being this, you know, good guy who has a moral code, in, even though there are other people in his organization who are not adhering to the same moral code. And there is that, yeah, there's all these there's little some interesting ideas about that guy, but I just, they're never really teased out so that we, care a lot like I don't know that I would have had he been in danger I'm not sure I would have cared about him a lot no I feel like I'm pretty disappointed in general with Kevin Costner these days because he was that awful um uh Jonathan Kent in um yep yeah and he put more acting into that but god he was awful well, it was a terrible there was the part was written badly too like yeah. the whole you can't save them I'm gonna die for you because you you can't show anybody your secret thing mm. like oy. Yeah, I feel like Kevin Costner's just doing things for money now. There's no, and and at least some other people who are doing things for money have fun with it. There's <laughs> Kenneth no, Branagh or Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, nah. he was doing it more because he was directing the movie. He was like, I'll put myself in. But mm. Kenneth, yeah, yeah. Which way Kenneth around did that not- go? Did that go? I'm directing, so I'm going to put myself in the movie, or did that go? I'm in the movie, so I'm going to direct it. I don't. I don't know. I'd I don't know. Don't they up. usually lock in directors before actors? Uh, probably. Uh, well, they probably locked in Chris Pine first of anyone. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's possible that he did that. He just decided he was going to play. Although Either way, it seems like vanity casting. Right. And it's always a – it's it's always a – it doesn't always go badly, but it can be a recipe for problems directing yourself. Mm. There's always – there's a lack of um, – a lack of objectivity there. Yeah. Maybe that's why he seemed so flat mm. for a lot of it. That plus the exposition scene of him. Yeah, he only wanted to do like, one take. Huh? <laughs> that's why he was flat. He only he was like, I'm only doing one take. That's enough. Print it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, his introduction scene to the character with the the injection of drugs and the guy that he backhands and then kicks repeatedly, and you're like, yeah, that'll make him do a better job next time. And then he just injects himself, and I'm like, well, why, why didn't you just do that in the first place, you idiot? Yeah, like I didn't think that that was that was a terrible. <laughs> Scene for well, me. some bits of it were clever, like the whole introducing him from behind, and so you only see the white shirt for ages, and you're not mm. sure if it's Jack or he, or who, what it. Is. And then you suddenly see him being bad, and you're like, "Hey, not our hero!" And then you see the tattoos, and you're like, "Ah." Oh. Mm. So he's doing that, um, the Spielberg thing of not showing his face until the yeah. Last that, that was fine. It wasn't that. It was the actual content of the scene, not the way it was shot. Mm. No, <laughs> like I- the it was so just silly. In a lot of ways, it's like, oh look, here's that bad guy. He's sick with something. He's violent, and they tried to put all of that into one scene, and they did a bad job of it. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, it was. Um, silliness is probably what this was lacking. Because when I got home, um, was talking about it with Jelly, and he said, "Oh, how does it compare to say White House Down?" And I'm like, "Well, White House Down had a sense of fun about it. Mm. White House Down was doing every action movie cliche in the book, but it had did them with a." a wink to the mm. audience. And this, this when it was doing those sort of cliches, wasn't winking at the audience and didn't have that sense of silliness or fun. Yeah. But what it does have is that really good character journey and relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as basically as far as action movies go and like big blockbusters and fun, you know, spy movies, mm. this is pretty good. Right. It's fun. It's enjoyable. You're not going to have a bad time at the movies unless you go to Palace Electric. Um <laughs> Yeah, never awful. buy the $5 tickets. Just never do that. We had a terrible experience at this cinema and no. The parking and then 
like the just, cinema itself the cinema itself and the, the blinds and the lack uh, of air conditioning the whole thing was awful yeah we had a bad movie watching experience but so next time we'll pay for like 15 dollar tickets instead mm. and perhaps but to- totally worth like if you feel like having a fun night out it's definitely worth the you know 50 or bucks to take a couple to the movies like it's yeah it was it was good fun i'm not i'm i will probably give it a i will give it a solid three stars oh the movie yeah yeah <laughs> but the experience yeah, we just, we just, we just didn't have a good we experience just no we had but in terms of yeah once the movie got started i was pretty happy yeah um and i enjoyed it it was fun and basically i will watch chris pine in anything for yeah. an hour and a half well yeah exactly. oh this and- is a date night movie for me I, this is the kind of movies i would go on, on a date night it was an hour and a half. Yes, 105 it was, minutes. It was a good length for a movie. Yes. No, I, I was meant to say that before when you said something about never getting bored. It it got, went exactly the right amount of time. I think that's why in my head I was clocking off the acts. I was like, mm. oh, yeah, we're about 30 minutes in. This is when we, this happens and we have this change. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was the right length for this yes. movie. Yeah, no, Which is that's so right. nice. Because action movies sometimes get ideas above their station that like they should be two hours long and they don't need to be. They just mm. meant it's just like 90 fun minutes. And it ends in a really sweet way, too. Yeah. Like, I thought the ending was quite cute, mm. really. Both of the last couple of scenes were very cute. Mm. They were very nice. Mm-hmm. And there's little moments, like, that were really fun, like when he's trying to figure out the van in the street mm. and then he sees it and things like that that I thought were really quite engaging, interesting. You know, mm. you were doing it, too. Right. Um, It brought the audience along for a ri- the ride. Yeah. And I feel like that was, again, I think – um, in, you know, all the deriding of Kenneth Branagh and his acting in this movie, he did such a good job directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, really good, like much better than Thor yeah. in terms of direction. He knew exactly what he was doing and he hit all the right sort of beats mm-hmm. with it. And another, um, they avoid a couple of good cliches at the at the climax. There's a bomb and there's no last minute effort to defuse the bomb. I loved that because I was thinking, why don't you just do this? And then he did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so instead of defusing the bomb, he works out another way so that the bomb doesn't hurt any but any innocent bystanders mm. so that avoids a cliche and we also avoid the cliche in that when the bomb does go off we have a cool explosion but it's not your typical no buildings are destroyed in and the it's explosion. not like a big fireball explosion no it's a really realistic looking explosion which is why yeah. i think it was so good and why i think it was so good that there was only one in the movie because mm. it was at the exactly the right time in the movie to have it and i think mm-hmm. that's what kenneth Branagh did so well i feel like he did care, care a lot about this movie he really put a lot into mm. making it just really excellently um, made, basically. Mm. Very clever in terms of its editing and it looks really good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of action movies now are kind of lazy with that stuff. Right. And I'm looking at you, Elysium, last year. Yeah, and, and they get really lazy with how you know, there's so many shots of people coming away from an explosion and things like that. We took Die Hard before Christmas last year and one of the things about Die Hard, when you, especially when you watch it now after 25 years, solid years of – explosions getting bigger and bigger and bigger is that it's actually quite understated Mm. in many ways a lot of action movies go down fall into the trap michael bay style of having lots of explosions and fun things to kind of keep your eyes on the screen rather than actually using the story and the fun spy aspect and the tension ratcheting up the tension to Mm. keep your interest on the screen and it's it's the build right so you go like you hit a certain point in the movie and then you have – so this one opened with cool action stuff. Yep. Then – or not just straight away, but, you know, after the first scene. The very first shot is just a really pretty shot of Chris Pine's face and I was like, oh, I'm going to be so happy in this movie. Oh, <laughs> I saw that and I was like, they've dyed his hair. That's not his real hair color. 
no, I figured he was playing younger because he yeah. was really clean shaven. Right. And you never see and Chris he, Pine really clean shaven. Right, and he was playing younger yet. Yeah. I know. And then they sort of went from there up to um, a really good action scene. But then after that, it builds. So you have like relative peace for a long time and then it builds up to that one big fight scene. Yeah. Right? Then you have relative peace for a while. Then there's a chase scene. Mm. Then you have, you know, and then it's it's a lot of action and a lot of tension and that sort of thing. And then there's the big explosion and the big fight scene at the end. Yeah. So it it's the gradual increasing of how big the scenes are and, right. you know. it's it, That is – and that is – partly script writing like it might have some it's got a few cliches and some of the exposition is a bit clunky but in terms of being put together properly mm. it it knows how to do a beat it knows how to ramp up the tension and mm. yeah it actually does that structure stuff really quite well the storytelling yeah. structure i think it's sad that we have to comment on that so much at the moment but it's because there's so many movies that aren't doing a good job of that at the moment right like it's it seems like it would be filmmaking 101 to know how to do that stuff. Mm. And there's so many movies that can't get it right where like you're you're bored by in the last third of the movie because all you're of the interesting in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, there's the long slow bit at the middle. Mm. Um there's so many movies now that just don't know what to do with themselves or like after that second big fight or big car chase in this case, um it drops off in e- energy and so everybody kind of gets bored, something like that'll happen. Right. In a lot of ways like knowing your clichés and knowing to use them is almost like it, knowing the basics are really important. Getting getting yeah. the basic story right, making it work right. I believe um, the way Joss Whedon works is that he actually plots things out on a board and he actually marks where there's got to be a laugh here, there's got to be an action scene here, you've got to get scared here, you've got to. Mm. And it's it's a really important skill. Yeah. And when it's done right, you don't even notice it. Like you go along and watch this and just have fun and you'll be like, yeah, that was a good night out. Cool, whatever. Move on. Probably forget about the movie. But it's that's the only reason you can not notice it is because it's all in place beforehand and they've made it so that they take you on a journey with them. Yeah. And I think um, what you really want is to have new and interesting stories and things like that, new and interesting characters rather than the same ones again and interesting ideas and – so you want to be by the numbers or at least you want to um, know where in the movie you need to do certain things, but you want to be using interesting new plots and interesting new right. ideas in that. Yeah, you need to know where your numbers are and then not try not to fall into the cliched ways of dealing with those numbers. Yeah, and the lines because it wasn't particularly well written in terms of this, the no. dialogue and stuff. A lot of it was really clunky. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've already given my rating three stars. What are you giving it? Three and a half stars. Cool. Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. I think uh, Chris Pine by himself got an extra half a star on mine. <laughs> yeah. He's just so pretty. There's a scene right at the end, the cute, the cute last scene, where he's in his – he's got like a navy blue suit and a light blue shirt and his big blue eyes. Yeah. And but was- even, you know, just watching – yeah, watching Chris Pine when he's slightly beaten up is, is fun. Yeah, Katie has a thing for that. Slightly beaten he up just Chris does Pine. it so well. <laughs> okay, he just like every because you know he does that that um, Harrison Ford. I keep noticing this because Nathan Fillion talks about how Harrison Ford knows how to take a hit, and then so Nathan Fillion does it too, and then I think Chris Pine does it really well. Yeah, like when he gets beaten up, you feel like he's getting getting beaten up, mm-hmm. which is I think one of the reasons why it works so well. And when afterwards you can see him like uh, there were all these bits in the movie where he's rubbing his legs because they obviously you know, haven't recovered fully or mm. like if he gets punched in the face, he's sort of woozy. Um, he does all of that stuff so well. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just, you know. 
it's really funny that like acting awards tend to go for a particular type of performance, but there's so much skill involved in just doing, being a really good action hero mm. and like, yeah, knowing how to take a punch, knowing how to look like you're legitimately getting hurt and all that. Yeah. I think it's one skill. Chris Pine's eventually going to probably enter the uh, serious acting part of his career and he'll probably get something then at the moment he's in his young action star. Uh, you mean he's going to have a reconnaissance? Yes. <laughs> okay. Except, you know, I like him so much more than Matthew McConaughey. Um, but yeah, basically I think eventually he'll, he'll, uh, you know, become a serious, be actor. older and then become the serious actor and get some accolades for it. And somebody, suddenly everybody would go, Oh my God, Chris Pine can actually act. And will we all be like, yeah. Yeah. One of the awards <laughs> so shows in the season that was on recently, the critics choice, they actually do awards for people who are in action and sci-fi mm. because the reason, reason being that these are the genres that most people watch, that people actually go out and see, mm. and that the Academy tends to overlook comedy and sci-fi and action. Because well, it doesn't think to. it's worthy Yeah, enough. they don't think they're worthy, but there is particular skill in in putting these movies together, in performing in them, in writing them, and knowing how to do them well. Jack Ryan isn't one of the particularly good ones. I think it's still pretty average in terms of like the actual ideas in it. But there are loads of really great horror movies, sci-fi movies, action movies with really interesting ideas in them that don't get noticed at all because they're not worthy movies. Right, and they're actors about... doing amazing work too. Yeah, working. exactly. But they're working just as hard as, you know, people in the worthy movies. Mm. They just might not. <laughs> yeah, it, but, you know, you play gay or disabled or, you know, <laughs> some well, kind in of a suffer. It, but the movie has to be super serious as well. Yeah. It has to be, you know, really – um, even if it's not depressing or sad, it has to be like... It has to have a message. It has to have a message and it has to be... have a level of pretension, I think, to get even close. Right, exactly. So, yeah. Um, cool. Anyway, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to read our show notes uh, for this or any of our other episodes, you can do that on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit or any of the other many, many, many movies that she watches throughout the year, you can do that at her blog, which is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you want to get in touch with us, you can like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at screen underscore queens, or you can come visit us on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you next time.